0: Hi everyone, I'm Job, the co-founder and CEO of Remote, where we are reimagining how the world works and lives. And this is Remote Talks, the show where we interview the top minds in remote work and global employment. In our third episode, First Base CEO Chris Hurd joins the show to cover the logistics of supplying international teams and how remote work will evolve after the end of the pandemic. I hope you enjoy. So I, I don't think you need any introduction. Um, if, if you have ever Googled the words remote work together on the internet, your name has come up. Um, let's, uh, let's skip all like, the, the superficial stuff. In, over the last few months, um, you know, we all, many of us were forced to start working remotely. Um, what, what is going to happen next year? Like, how, how, how are things going to change? Um, I, I, think the most unexpected
1: thing that most people don't realize is just to the extent the habits and behaviors that have happened across the last 12 months, um, are going to calcify. So I think people think, okay, remote work works now. Like we can do this, but yeah, we're going to go back to the office. I, I just don't see it. Like I have spoken to a, a decent number of companies at this point, um, some of the biggest organizations on the planet who would never have went remote, who have got 100,000 people plus and they're going to cut commercial real estate by 50 to 70% and they're going to expect people to work from home three or four days a week. So I think just the extent to which this is going to happen is going to be way bigger than people still realize that it's going to.
0: Do you think that it's a matter of time before offices disappear altogether or is it going to be some form of... Um, hybrids forever? Um,
1: I I think like the bespoke egotistical monument to our prior success offices, I think they're dead. Like it doesn't make sense to spend $50,000 per person per office space. Um, Physical spaces will persist because people still want to meet up in person for specific things. Whether they exist in offices or in like retreat locations, I think that's what I'm, I'm
0: less clear on what do you what do you think right now is 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 really obviously let's get a little bit into your own company because you solve for the needs to actually provide for the tools that you need to to work from home um i'd love to hear two things like one what are the challenges that you see in, in general and like why you started it? and like what are specific challenges you face? Because I, I mean, my company that deals with bureaucracy around the world, but bureaucracy usually is digital. At least you can send it by mail quite easily. Um, laptops, chairs, and desks, that must be very hard to get around the world.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's clearly a logistical complexity to what we're doing, but I, I think it's, it, it, it's not an unsolved problem, right? Like logistically shipping stuff to people's homes. Amazon are pretty, pretty good at that now. There's a number of different companies that are good at that now. What's actually really difficult for companies is the system of record stroke source of truth that becomes that asset registry. So mm-hmm. how can we abstract away the complexity of all that backend pro- problem so that you as a company come onto first base select the catalog that you want your worker to receive and then everything else just happens instantaneously so the complexity is definitely in in the instantaneous part much like you guys like you you make it look really easy to get an employee set up in a country we want to do exactly the same thing to give you the machine the desk the chair the peripherals that you need and yeah you just get a great experience and that's that's a challenge
0: yeah we just we just shipped everybody in our company so internal employees a vr headset the oculus quest 2 we we were having a vr day today where you know half of the meetings are in vr and that was incredibly difficult <laughs> like just getting those we had so many struggles just getting stuff at people, and we mostly used Amazon. In fact, but just you know, ordering in large volumes becomes an issue. Ordering in large volumes and then shipping it all over the world to you know seemingly random locations because yeah, it's just people's homes. So you know, there's five different addresses in India. There's someone in Singapore. There's someone in the Philippines. Um, it was incredibly hard. So yeah, I uh, I can imagine the the challenge uh, that's ahead of you.
1: Yeah, and I, I think like but before you're a certain size it doesn't seem like that's a challenge right if you're like 10 people you go on amazon you put 10 people's addresses in it takes you 30 minutes and you're like yeah it's not that bad when you're 150 people it takes you like 10 minutes per 10 people and it really sucks at that point so yeah it's it's a sliding scale the bigger the company gets the harder it is to do
0: and so um what is next like Right now, everybody's sort of, at least from my perception, right? Like we're starting to believe in, in remote work. We're starting to work from home. We're moving to 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 this kind of model. What is the next frontier in in like the future of work or in in, in remote work?
1: Yeah, I, I think like everyone's got this fixation on the future of work right now. What I think we really need to be talking about is actually the future of living. So like work's one compor- component of life. The problem is that it's became the anchor of everyone's social life. Like the majority of your social interaction happens at the office. And if you're no longer going to the office, where does that social interaction happen? And I think there's there's a lot, there's a, a big number of issues like societally around isolation and loneliness. And I think people think that the office has made that better. I, I don't think that's true. Like I, I don't think your employer's HR selecting the people that you spend most time with is conducive to deep meaningful relationships like Mm. that relationship is contingent on the continued economic success of that business if that changes do you never see those people again not always right because some people you do remain friends with but for a large proportion of it that is true so i think what's next is like how how do we begin to like unbind those two things. So the next paradigm that I think we speak about, me, you, other people in the remote space, is how do we get to a place where it's more asynchronous-based work? That doesn't mean we never come together and work synchronously. We clearly need to. But I think async's the next paradigm that we really need to spend more time thinking about.
0: Yeah, I think it's very interesting because, of course, there's now a lot of companies that have great success, uh, that build tools that help with asynchronous work. I think it starts with you know, project management tools that we've had for a long time. Um, but also like tools like Notion that allow you to document things and and Coda and and, and many others and Almanac for example a very nice new one. Um, I think I think the other side of the equation is pretty interesting as well. Do you do you expect to see um, a rise in companies or products or things we do to um, strengthen the social part that now you know we we sort of you know lost because of the office?
1: I I think there's two parts to that. So I think one is that relationships are not necessarily less strong when you're spending less time with people. Like, I think if you're in an office with someone, actually rarely does that relationship go beneath the superficial level, right? Like we go into an office and we say, did you see how bad Manchester United were last night? And we're like, yeah, the game was terrible. But that's really it. Like we never discuss anything else. Whereas if you see someone once every month or once every three months, actually, you really begin to build a deeper relationship. So I'm going to ask you about how your kids are. How's everything else? And I think that's just, people think that happens in an office. It doesn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Are there things that, were, that are needed to improve on that? Absolutely. I think there's tools like Donut and Slack, Icebreaker, these types of things that do try to create a more cohesive bond. Um, are there any that are particularly great at that now? I don't think so. I think we need to see a lot more innovation in that space.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's funny that you mentioned those because like you talk about unbundling the social life and the work and you mentioned tools that are centered around the workspace, you know, like donuts and and, and, and other tools. Um, you know, one thought that I had was that you know part of this need is already solved with like dating apps because uh, before those were a thing, the main place where people would find their partner was on the workplace. It was like a really high percentage, like above 30% or so. I don't know about the current statistics and especially not post pandemic, but at least for a very long time, that was the case. And dating apps have sort of, you know, removed the need to be in the office to, you know, start a relationship and, uh, and 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 to meet people um, it's it's going to be very interesting to see to see what happens there um what is something that you know in in the thousands of companies that you spoke to what is something that surprised you uh, in the past months um
1: i i think yeah I, I think the most surprising thing is like the ubiquity of the problems that these companies are facing and, and you you guys probably see this as well like our expectation was that startup with 20 people has different problems to a publicly listed tech company with a thousand people, has different problems to a large enterprise with 200,000 people. We're shocked that everyone actually has the same issues. Like, Like, and we're obviously looking at it from a very like specific perspective. It doesn't matter what size you are, you still need to give people equipment. You still need to manage that, maintain it, repair it. If someone leaves, you need to collect it because of data issues and we're concerned that people are going to get injured from home because they're not using the right stuff and then we're going to get sued for thousands of dollars that that was really surprising to us before we spoke to companies we thought startups aren't going to care tech companies can do this themselves large enterprises have
0: different issues not not the case i think i think the interesting thing that i've been seeing a lot you know when i you know, I have many meetings a day and a very large part of them is with people hunched over their laptop you know the laptops yeah. on the table, they're sitting there, they're looking down and you know previously this was something that you know, okay, this person is just doing a call, a single call and it happens to be you know in their you know in their kitchen on their laptop and they just do it quickly like that. but you know for a fact that now that person is working at least six hours a day like that if they have long meetings you know maybe much longer than that um, the, the funny thing of course about the office, is that, you know, it looks very boring, but it also looks like that for a reason, because all that equipment, all like the desks, the chairs, yeah. the setups, they're made to be ergonomic so that you can actually not hurt yourself while, while sitting there. And this is also why they're expensive. Um, how do you, have you, do you get any feedback about, you know, uh, the employees of your customers saying, hey, I don't have space for this kind of stuff in my house? And, and how do you deal with that? Or how, how do those organizations deal with that?
1: Yeah, I, I got a quick story on the the injury aspect. Oh, okay, so, great. I was, I was on a call with an investor in March or in April, sorry. So they've been working at home for about a month. And he's sitting there like this. He's got an ice pack in his shoulder. And I'm like, what's what's wrong? He's like, oh, I, I never got a chair. I've been sitting over my kitchen desk for a month. I've hurt my shoulder. So like, it's it's just like, it's such a ubiquitous thing. And you never consider it, right? Like you're like, I'll just go Ikea. I'll buy a cheap desk and a chair. And then you get sore back. and it's exactly what you're talking about like you you need a a herman miller Aeron chair um to really resolve that issue which yeah do do you want to pay for that out of your own pocket probably not
0: yeah 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 Uh, it's it's completely i i'm sitting in front of an ikea desk but it's a standing one so (laughs) it goes i'm sitting on the Aeron chair yeah which is you know I, i i couldn't uh, i would pay double for it like it's 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 life-changing that's how good a chair is and if you have a bad chair it, it indeed it just keeps hurting you um what what is something that you know you're you're very vocal on um on social media about remote work uh what is what do you think that people are not talking enough about
1: um i, th- I think a lot of people are concerned about sharing their personal concerns with remote work. And I, I think you begin to see like indications of this where it, it's like the surveillance aspect of it. People are recording screens. They're still, they're, they're trying to replicate the office remotely and yeah. that becomes an incredibly invasive thing because now you're in people's homes and that's a a big problem. And I think people have been reluctant to share Negative feedback against that because of what we're living through. I think increasingly we'll see people sort of rebel against that. Probably rebel against the nine to five as well. It just doesn't make much sense to work nine to five if you're not in an office and you need to be there for certain things. So it's not it's not all rainbows and unicorns, obviously.
0: Yeah, I think the interesting thing is that Microsoft actually introduced like a status activity kind of thing, and then now has reports on that. Um, so I loved TikTok. Uh, I, uh, I I will come out for it. I think it's great. It's very funny. You should get a lot part of the world. And like within two days of hearing that news, I came across a TikTok of someone who showed, oh, look, I'm unavailable on, on the Microsoft thing. This is how I fix it. And the person took a credit card, stuck it in their keyboard so that it was continuously pressing keys in Microsoft Word. And now they are permanently online. Um, Which is always what I imagine, you know, if if I was going to be tracked like that, I would also, you know, start doing crazy things or like, you know, have have this thing which continuously wiggles your mouse, for example, which you can buy on on, on Amazon, you plug it into your mouse and it just wiggles it all the time. Um, That that is certainly, do do you get this request from from the customers that you work with? Uh, Like, can you do this? How should I deal with this? And what is your response to that?
1: Uh, Yeah. And our response is, no, we're not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm sure you
1: get asked the same thing so what's your response
0: yeah i think i think when we get asked we say you know why what what is it that you hope to achieve like if you if you're doing work today um you're probably doing in some sort of web app where you can actually just see the output of someone like so do you care about the output of someone or do you care about the fact that it's busy you know do you care about and you know the engine in the car burning gas or do you care about getting somewhere with the car right um uh, yeah it i i never never really understood it and i would also feel very uncomfortable if if i were tracked like that um so yeah what is uh what 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 haven't i what haven't we discussed that we should definitely discuss
1: i don't know i feel like we have such great context on like all the stuff that we're pushing out it's yeah it's it's difficult i i think the big one for me that and we we sort of touched on it is like the asynchronous stuff but i think that's like what really we're focused on how can we create like like you mentioned how can we create documentation that becomes a superpower for organizations obviously darren murph probably he's written more stuff on this than we he's probably forgotten more stuff on this than we'll ever know So I would, I would secede to that and say, read whatever Darren and GitLab are pushing out because that's, that's where the sort of best in class stuff is. But yeah, just the documentation stuff. I think too many organizations don't realize how powerful that is. If you've got a verbal spoken culture, you need to say the same thing a thousand times to a thousand different people, write it down once it becomes the source of truth for the organization that you can improve upon. Rather than just parroting the same thing where if that person leaves the organization le- loses that knowledge, so I think like that's that's the key for me like how how can we use remote to not just take the status quo of what we already experience in offices how can we actually take that and improve not not just work but life as well how can we give people their time back so they don't have to commute um, I think it's a combination of all those things
0: yeah yeah I think one of the things that I think is going to be interesting and, and you know, here's a free startup idea is that as we start to document things, the things around documentation become more important as well. The, for example, the ability to easily search through documentation, right? Like it, that is not an arbitrary problem. If you look at like how search is implemented in Notion, it does not satisfy the need if your documentation is, you know, thousands of pages, which when I left GitLab, I think we did a which was beginning of 2019 we did a count and i think the total count was like 4000 papers like if you were, if, if it was like a book it was like 4000 pages um, so- And that was two years ago and the company has grown immensely since then. And, you know, they're focused on working asynchronously uh, at the same time. So like searching documentation and reusing it is becoming more and more important and making that easy. And I already have people internally at remote saying, you know, it should be easy to like take a snippet out of the documentation, place it somewhere and then forever reference that. And there's documentation formats that allow you to do that, but there's not like a magical tool yet. So If anybody's listening and wants a startup idea, they're...
1: they're (laughs) Which is super interesting, right? Because there's so many companies that have been remote for a long time now. Like, you go back to the stuff uh, DHH and Jason Fried were writing literally 12 years ago. And I, I go back and read remote, like, maybe once every six months or so and you still see startup ideas in there like that problem's never been solved that problem's never been solved that problem's impossible to solve there's another and 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 we live through the same stuff every day like there's so many tools that we see internally and we're like someone needs to build that we just don't have the bandwidth to do it (laughs) but we know we need it yeah
0: yeah i think we'll see
1: an explosion of and you'll you you guys will probably have people that will spin out the organization you've obviously came from an organization who done that to solve a problem that you guys couldn't solve internally i think we'll see the same thing happen at zapier and all these other places where, where great people are saying shit this problem sucks for us let's build build a solution to that and that just becomes a business so yeah, I think it's an exciting. It's going to be an exciting five or six years to see all those things come to fruition.
0: When uh, when we're all vaccinated, um, and your internal team is all vaccinated, what what are you going to do? Are you going to meet up? How how are you going to think about that? Yeah, so
1: I'm I'm in the north of Scotland. I flew back from New York the day before the world locked down by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, my CTO is in Glasgow, so the UK has actually been relatively like unlocked down recently so we we met up outside grab coffee and stuff but yeah i think we'll we'll have some sort of retreat to, to meet everyone in person the team since the start of lockdown has grown from two to nine and obviously the majority of us have never met in person so yeah it'd be nice to to do so yeah we you? did it
0: yeah we did a monthly get together we were the whole team at the time was in portugal pre-pandemic um and now we are almost 70 employees in total all over the world. So uh, yeah, the moment everybody's vaccinated and it's like, we're good to go, we're going to get together. Uh, it's going to cost a fortune, but <laughs> some people will have to fly 10 hours or more. But yeah, I think um, I think we're all like really really looking forward to just, you know, get a drink together, have, have some food together. I think that's one of the things that is, you know, you can do it remotely, but it's, it's not the same thing. Like I, I am happy to have dinner for three hours with someone in person, Whereas I prefer to not do that over Zoom. Like that's <laughs> that's really that's really stretching it. Um,
1: yeah, Who do you think becomes that, that hub that people tend to meet up? Like I, I hear a lot of people saying Portugal.
0: Yeah, so um, I, I have a lot of experience with this because we did this at GitLab every nine months. And so it completely depends on the scale of the company. Because if your company is like somewhat small, let's say below 80 people or so, You can basically go anywhere, like you can all fit in a hotel, right? If two people share a room, you need 40 rooms, like larger hotels, they will have 200 rooms. So you should, you should be able to go almost anywhere. The moment you hit like hundred to 200 employees, you know, you have a few that can come, but then you have a few that bring their partners. You basically need an entire hotel. And um, for dinner arrangements, it's horrible and for events. So you basically, the only way, only place you can really go is like all-inclusive resorts or something that emulates that kind of experience or you will really have to be spread out throughout the city. So yeah, what we ended up doing at GitLab was once we reached that size, we had a whole hotel. So uh, we had a whole hotel in Mexico. We had a whole hotel in Greece. And and, and it was basically the only way to, to really make it a thing with everybody um i love to be in cities i'm not necessarily large a big fan of like these all-inclusive hotels but it's it's going to be really hard to find that kind of experience in the city or you'll just be very spread out and you have to accept that you know only at the few moments where you really get it get together in a big auditorium you, you will never feel like oh it's all of us here right and that's sort of what you want out of a get together so it's going to be challenging, but yeah, I think Portugal is a really pla- great place to do this because we have the good weather. There is those hotels in the south of Portugal. um so yeah, everybody's welcome here. I think uh, Portuguese people will welcome the the world with open arms as they have for the Web Summit. So
1: yeah, so here's here's an interesting one, one I've heard in the last couple of weeks from a few large organizations. How about we come together as a as like similar size companies, like say fifteen thousand people organizations. And we effectively create a modern timeshare as a <laughs> as a resort yeah. where each of us gets two weeks a year to do whatever we want with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting. Idea.
1: But but right, it's a solution. I think you're right. Like the only way to do it at that scale is to have a whole resort. And then what you really want is like a resort dedicated to that, who has facilitators who are great for those things. So I think what you'll see is like resorts of that type spring up for that exact purpose.
0: Yeah, that reminds me, what we did at GitLab was we flew in the IT people a week earlier to set up dedicated internet lines and install a Wi-Fi infrastructure to be able to have like reliable internet throughout the space. And it was still not great. It was like okay. But like we had to work with local ISPs because of course a hotel Wi-Fi can't handle, you know, at the time, 300 people concurrently on the same network and then all expecting like, to be able to download their Git repositories. And it, was, it was completely impossible. So yeah, a very hard thing to, to solve for. And you know, I think for us, at least like, the focus will be on getting to know each other and spending time together. So not necessarily on utilizing the Wi-Fi. But yeah, if you bring the whole company together, uh, the business keeps running. So you'll, <laughs> you'll need something for it. So definitely very challenging. Um, Chris, thank you very much for uh, spending a little bit of time today with me. Um, everybody knows where to find you on the internet. Um, your company, First Base, is firstbasehq.com, right?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks very much.
1: Pleasure.